welcome to the Mystophonia Podcast. This is episode 8 of season 4. My name is Adil Ahmad, and I have Mystophonia. This week I'm talking to Drake, who lives in Florida currently, with one of her biggest triggers, her mom. She talks about her plans to start a fresh life in a new city, dealing with some trauma growing up, and many of the other experiences we share, like discovering that this is a real thing for the first time, and how we've tried to explain it to others. I was just reminded recently by someone writing in that I have stickers available, and I apologize, I haven't sent any out in a while, so there's a bit of a backup. I, was, I just got super distracted with everything going on in the world last year. I plan to have a big mail day soon, so keep writing in requests with your mailing address. You can email hello at misophoniapodcast.com or hit me up on social media at misophoniapodcast on Instagram and Facebook, Misophonia Show on Twitter. I also just want to mention to people that we now have a YouTube channel with all of the episodes on there with captions. The captions are automatically generated by YouTube, so they're not 100% accurate, but um, at, from what I've seen, it's really quite good. So for the folks who don't want to listen, um, that's a great alternative because you can turn the sound off. I suggest putting it at uh, double speed, 2x, and just watching the captions. So if you know somebody who is has been hesitant to listen, uh, please share. I will have a link in the show notes to the YouTube channel. Also, just a quick reminder to consider hitting the five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to help bump up in their recommendations to new listeners. All right. Now, here's my conversation with Drake. Drake, welcome to the podcast. Good to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I, I guess, uh, yeah, I always like to ask, like, uh, kind of where, whereabouts in the world are you? I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Okay, um, cool. Yep. Yeah, I had uh, I think uh, one one of one of the first few guests I had was uh, was from, from from someone from Florida, actually not too far from Mar-a-Lago, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> so, and then yeah, I guess what, what do you do in St. Petersburg? Um, right now I'm just trying to save up some money. I'm trying to move to North Carolina. St. Peter is not where I want to stay. I grew up here, but just kind of working at yeah. the moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and. Uh, is the reason why you want to go just to be more independent, maybe a little bit miso related or just want to just getting a kind of stir crazy? A little bit home? of everything. I've getting a little stir crazy, um, wanting to start over, I guess. I've always wanted to move. I've never really wanted to stay in St. Pete. So now seems like yeah. a good time. Being stuck inside with someone else definitely did trigger a few misophonia things. So yeah. that's another yeah, <laughs> motivator. Right. Definitely. Um, yeah. Quarantines and lockdowns had uh, m- kind of mixed, mixed results. Some people loved it. Um, some people did not because they were suddenly felt like they were suddenly trapped. It was kind of yeah. getting very claustrophobic. Um, and yeah, I guess, are you living with family or? I'm living with my mom right now. Okay. Okay. And um, yeah, so, you know, parents are usually... Um, well, not usually, but often <laughs> original original triggers. Am I am I uh, yep. am I guessing correctly there? Yeah. Okay. Okay. My mom um, is my worst trigger. <laughs> okay. Which I hate saying, that? but she. I don't know if I've told her explicit. She doesn't really believe in me, so which is frustrating. Um, but I have told her that like 
most of the things you do do trigger it. Um, it's an interesting living situation at the moment. And when you told her, did you use the name Miso and kind of uh, I, show her links and information? It was a conversation over a period of a few months, um, trickling at the beginning at what I wasn't showing her any resources or anything, but honestly, it was when I first started listening to your podcast that I came home and I was like, mom, look, <laughs> I'm not crazy. I promise. Yeah. She believed it a little more. She looked into it on her own, but she's a skeptic about anything, I guess. Okay. Um, but she's trying, I think to be better. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so did you did you yourself just uh, relatively recently find out that it ha had a name? Um, um, sort of. So I first started having sim symptoms. I guess I don't triggers. I started yeah. noticing something was wrong my freshman year of high school, um, but I never had a name for it until probably last year. I was living up in Jacksonville, which is North Florida, at my university. And I was in a dorm and living with roommates was really rough. Um, so I was just researching more on it. And then I came across misophonia and it was like a light bulb went off in my brain. And then I talked to a doctor I was seeing at that point. She was like, oh, yeah, that's, yep. Oh, and she knew what it was. What kind of doctor yeah. was it, if you don't mind me asking? She was like a psychiatrist. That. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, she was, I just mentioned it and she was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> That's interesting. Cause had you, had you mentioned maybe to her any of like, uh, any, any of the symptoms in the past? And, I hadn't or, in years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I probably, my memory's a little spotty, um, <laughs> for most of my life, but I probably mentioned it, um, the beginning of high school because it was really intense. Um, mm -hmm. I, I was recently <laughs> traumatized. Um, I have PTSD as well. And that's where I think it was first triggered because I didn't have any problems before. And then around that time, things started popping up, um, to the point where someone would sniffle once in class or chew a little too loud in lunch. And I would have a panic attack immediately. I was having like 10 a day, um, it was rough and I didn't really have a name for it at all. So I didn't know what was wrong. I thought it was just insane. Mm -hmm. But so I probably mentioned it because it was so it was a big detriment to my productivity and everything. But oh, yeah. Yeah. Sounds like it was happening multiple times a day. Um, yeah. And so did it, is it so you, would it be safe to say, like, did it, did it affect grades and stuff as you're going it through high school? absolutely affected grades. Um, I, I learned to work around it as high school progressed and my grades got better. But my first year of freshman year, I got a 1.27 on my GPA. Like, that was my GPA. Yeah. Um, I had always been a straight-A student. So that was rough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I couldn't I mean, pay attention it, in class because any sound would set me off. Right. And so what were some of the ways that you kind of worked around it uh, going through high school? Um, I think I almost did it subconsciously. I was in therapy for other things and some of the coping skills they taught me for like my anxiety 
um, helped with the miso. I think I thought they were the same thing, but just general distractions. Like if I would hear a sound that really bothered me, I would start to like, I would find my, my biggest go-to was I would find a desk in my classroom and I would count the amount of screws that were in the desk. And once I was done with that, I would like find something else that had a repeating pattern and I would count how many times it repeated and just totally taking my brain away from everything and focusing on something as simple as counting really helped. It did not help my grades, but it did help <laughs> not freaking out in the middle of class, right. I guess. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's a victory in itself, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Um, were, were, were you maybe going to get uh, earbuds, headphones? Could you listen to music in class? Probably not, right? I could not listen to music in yeah. class. My school um, was not the most accommodating with, any, with anything, really. Yeah. They would let me take tests in a separate room, but that was pretty much as far as it would go. And was that um, due to misophonia or some of your other issues? That was due to, I mean, I think it, again, I think it was both. I thought they were the same thing, but... Gotcha, yeah. It was because of the other issues, but I think in reality it was when the room was quiet, I could hear the sounds a lot clearer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and what about, it wasn't, what about it at, at home? Um, were, were you just living with your mom then too? And was she kind of uh, also... Uh, uh, a major trigger? Usually it starts at the home. It sounds like for you, maybe it started at school. I'm curious if it started to expand. I, again, my memory's body. I don't remember anything at home mm -hmm. really setting it off. I remember things at friends' houses would bother me sometimes. Like, I would go over to my one friend's house and she had a pit bull and I loved, I loved the dog. He was a great dog, but whenever he would eat or drink, I would, like, want to... Yeah travel to mars <laughs> <laughs> right but at home affect, i don't remember anything gotcha gotcha and did it yeah i mean with your friends did it start to kind of affect your your social circles like were you starting to kind of uh, categorize people by triggers and not triggers? oh absolutely yeah yeah um i had gone to the same school my entire life from preschool to eighth grade so when i was going to high school it was my first time switching schools and I like didn't have my normal friend group around so it was hard making friends when I mm -hmm. <laughs> they couldn't make any noise um but certain people around like certain ones of my classmates I wouldn't go near even after everything calmed down I guess like right I recently ran into one of like my old classmates and he, he used to sniffle all the time in my eighth grade Spanish class or my eighth period Spanish class. And I, when I saw him, I was like, I don't want to be anywhere near him. <laughs> He's a nice Even guy. Yeah, he, yeah, 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 nothing's wrong with him. But like just seeing him was like, no, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to deal with that anymore. Yeah, um, that's been imprinted in your brain. That happens yeah. <laughs> to a lot of us, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, okay. And um, yeah, so right so yeah categorizing people um did you did you mention it maybe to your friends at at uh at school um specifically the the kind of these symptoms of misophonia like did you try to get them to be quiet at their you know at their house or whatever i 
I don't know exactly what vocabulary I used. I knew mm. for a while I would like almost joke that, oh, my anxiety is so bad that whenever someone sniffles, I have a panic attack. But I never really had any vocabulary past that. My yeah. friends knew, like, if I have to sneeze or if I have to blow my nose, go as far away from me as you possibly can. If you, if we're eating, let's put something on in the background. But I don't, I don't think any of us really knew why. I mean, I definitely okay. didn't know why, but I could never so explain to them much. why. Yeah, yeah. So there was no one as that much. To, okay, so yeah, it's funny. It's, it's, it's. I think it feels like it usually falls into the kind of the uh, quirk category where it's like. You know, yeah. it becomes your your quirk, but it's not like considered. Um, it's not really taken seriously beyond that. They don't really they don't really understand the fight or flight situation. You know. Yeah, like I would try to explain it that I promise I'm not mad at you. I don't want to kill you, but at the same time, <laughs> part of my brain does. <laughs> part of my brain does. So if I walk away in the middle of a conversation or I snap at you, I'm really sorry, but. I just, I have to. I can't fight this exactly anymore. Yeah. Were you starting to use maybe uh, headphones, like, outside of school, like, uh, using headphones as a coping mechanism or, or anything else? I didn't really, I didn't really go outside much. Mm -hmm. um, I was pretty much just in my room all the time if I wasn't at school. So I didn't necessarily need to use yeah, headphones or anything. It was just alone <laughs> yeah yeah um and you don't have any siblings or anything did you no okay. it's just been me and my mom for a while gotcha okay okay and uh yeah then i guess after after high school um did you something you did go to college for uh, after, after i went to college for a uh, bit yeah um after really freshman year everything kind of settled down with the miso and with everything else um so i was much better at being in a high school setting um there were still some triggers that would bother me but everything significantly like dulled i guess almost in college after after freshman of high school dulled so after that one freshman year of high school like yeah gotcha. that one okay. year was intense with everything that was going on and then so it things were gradually. So after, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Very <laughs> okay, good. Like, freshman year was the main. I, I noticed everything the most freshman year. Sophomore year was a little less heavy, I guess. And then junior year, not noticeable all that much. Senior year, I could forget about it for the most part. So like, it, gotcha. it was a definite decline in how much things were bothering me almost but when i moved into the dorm with two roommates it came back i guess full force mm -hmm. <laughs> and i was reminded of all of the things that i was feeling years ago which yeah, is when i started been, researching right and it's been pretty constant since then sounds like pretty constant definitely not yeah. as bad as it used to be but it is right makes its presence known a lot more so that after that first year of freshman was it were there other things in your life that were also kind of like calming down a little bit i'm just trying to um because you know stress is like a major yeah. exacerbator and i'm wondering if that um 
that, that at least helped. Obviously, didn't kill the misophonia completely, but um, can kind of lower the amplitude a little bit if other factors in your life are are not as prevalent as they maybe were. Oh yeah, no, definitely. When when I started to get adjusted into my new routine and everything, and I started to know people around me more, other things in my life weren't as big of a stress anymore. That's definitely when it started to, I guess, go away. Not go away, but step back. Yeah, yeah. And then when you started college, that was it maybe, uh, were you feeling stressed again? I mean, that's obviously like a, there's a lot of changes going on <laughs> there too. <laughs> and uh, um, do you think that was kind of related to the stress of starting college? or It was probably just, definitely a little yeah. bit. Um I only, I was lucky enough to know one person that went to my same college who was my best friend and he lived three doors down. So that was great. But everyone else, I did not know. I had two roommates who were best friends and then it was just me. Um, and it was a new situation as it normally is when you <laughs> right. move away for the first time. Yeah, right. You move so away it was for the first definitely time, so stressful, yeah. but... Yeah. I think the stress combined with two new people with very, in my opinion, interesting habits um, uh-huh. that did not necessarily mesh well with my miso. Right. It was all a big cluster of. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, um, then in terms of so in terms of triggers, I guess. Um, uh, probably a lot, bunch of weird ma- mouth sounds and clicking and um, all, yeah. the, all the usual stuff. Yeah, yeah. What about what about in class? Like, uh, or other other places around campus where you um, uh, would have been triggered, like in lectures. I'm wondering if there's, if it started to affect your uh, your your kind of learning at, at college. I'm not sure if it affected my learning at college so much. I do like if a professor had. A lot of saliva in their mouth, I guess. And when they would talk, it would kind of click. That would really bother me. Um, sniffling has always been the biggest one. I don't know why. Living in Florida, especially right now with all of the pollen, it is rough. <laughs> but yeah. sniffling has been present anywhere and everywhere I go. So that's always been one. Um, clicking. It's not, it does bother me, but not as much as anything else. I can ignore it better. It still makes yeah. me angry, but right. it doesn't set me off so much. So generally face, face-related sounds. Face-related um, sounds, yeah. but also if people would like rustle a lot if they, were, if they wouldn't sit uh. still, which is so hypocritical of me to say, because I know a lot of times I have a lot of saliva in my voice clicks and I can't sit still to save my life and I click a pen sometimes so I know if I were to be around me I would hate myself but (laughs) but you don't actually trigger yourself right most of of us don't I have I have bumped to a couple people who do um which sounds terrible (laughs) but uh I will yeah pretty rare if my knuckles click at all or any Mm. joints click that will trigger me but Mm. that's not necessarily i feel like that's separated from me almost i can't control that but gotcha yeah that's that's interesting that's um yeah you can't control that it's a feel i feel like part yeah part of the part of the issue is that we feel we at least part of our brain makes us think that 
the other person is actually in full control and doing this, yeah. doing the triggers on purpose, which just becomes that spiral. <laughs> yeah. Spiral of anger. anger. Um, did, did you, um, do we talk about this? Uh, I mean, did you, did you tell your roommates um, in, in college? I, I did mention it to my roommates because when I was, I was probably 11 o'clock at night and we were all just trying to go to bed and I was just researching misophonia on my phone and I sat up and I was like, guys, look (laughs) look what i found they were not as enthusiastic as me you shouldn't right (laughs) no one should expect them to but right i did tell them they did not (laughs) they didn't stop their habits but that's do you remember what you searched and moved out yeah (laughs) do you remember what you searched in the search bar probably something like why do sounds make me so mad Right, right, okay. Yeah, I was curious. Or like, why that. do I want to cry when my roommate eats ice? <laughs> no, is that actually uh, is actually one of their habits? Is to yeah, she would eat ice, ice chips. Oh man! Or she would eat ice chips to calm down, and that was like her grounding method for her anxiety. So I I didn't feel comfortable saying anything because I had my own weird things, and right. I didn't want to stop her. But it was also. Frequently, I would like bury my head under the pillows and like blast music in my earphones, but I could still hear it. And it was probably a phantom sound. My brain was probably making it up, but I would feel like I could still hear her eating the ice and it was miserable. I only lived with them for three months, but those three months were intense. (laughs) Yeah. Are you, I mean, are you, do you talk to them at all or are you on any kind of good terms with them? Or did the miso? Uh, I don't talk to them all that often. I'm still on good terms with them. I love them as people. It was just living with them was not the best situation for either of us. Right. And and was did you move out because purely because of this, or was there was there another reason? Like you wanted to want to move on to something else? Um, I mean, probably partially. I could have lived with them still, but I I wanted to move to a different dorm. Um, I wanted to move in with someone else. And so I just, I don't think they really wanted to live with me all that much anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so did you, did you want to, did you have somebody in mind that you want to move in with or did you just want to move in with somebody else, anybody else? <laughs> um, I, so the best friend I moved to UNF, which was my college, mm-hmm. he, one of his friends was there as well. And we both had similar living styles I guess so we thought it would be a good idea for us to live together that did not work out but it was yeah I was gonna say why like, did you choose did you maybe did do some uh investigation in advance and make sure that this person was gonna try you know not be a trigger or sort know? of I okay. I was friends with her um casually acquaintances mm-hmm. um so I knew that she kept to herself a lot she didn't like eating in the room which was great um, so I, I knew on that aspect, I would probably, it would be better than my previous situation. Right. Um, right. our personalities did not get as long, get along as much as we wanted. And then I got a cat. She's very allergic to cats. So that ended pretty quick. But at the time that I did live with her, she was not a trigger, which was nice. The nice change. Gotcha. Okay. So that how long did that last then? Probably a month. Very okay. short time. <laughs> right. Okay. And, and then I moved in then, with 
someone else, and she is great. So. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. And so it was like no triggers. Did did you tell her about the miso in advance? Be like, you know, before you got the keys, let her know, or um, kind of work it out somehow. I think I did mention something. I was a little desperate to move out of my current dorm because I had a cat and I didn't have the cat with me. It was a big mess. Um, but I could tell right away when I met my last roommate that it was going to work out much better. She was really accommodating with everything. Um, whenever I would tell her, hey, that thing you're doing is triggering me. She would stop as much as she could. Um, so it was really, really nice. She was always like supportive during everything. If I would find out a new little fun fact, she would listen. I mean, I'm sure it wasn't mm. as interesting to her as it was to me, but it's very nice. <laughs> yeah. On camp, did you meet anybody else who maybe had miso or have you ever met anybody else who's, who, who's had misophonia? Not on campus, but my cousin actually, um, we just recently, I guess, not rekindled a relationship because there never was a relationship, but our families just got a lot closer. Mm -hmm. And in talking, I figured out that both her and her dad have misophonia. And I was like, what? Because that was the first time I'd ever met anyone in person that had it. Yeah. And it was great. <laughs> how, did because, that, uh, how did that connection happen? Like um, finding, finding that out? Her family came to visit. They live in Colorado. So they came to visit Florida for a little bit to get away from the cold. And just when they were there, we were talking and she mentioned she has three younger brothers mm -hmm. and she would mention like, I don't know, just sometimes they'll just make any sound and it sets me off. And I was like, Hey, <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> Is it yeah, this? So she didn't, she, right. So she didn't know what the name was, but she was just describing she the obvious. She had symptoms. heard the name because her dad okay. said that he had it, but she had never thought of it for herself. So then I mentioned, like, do you think that could be misophonia? And she was like, you know, probably. I just never thought of it. And yeah. then from there, we've kind of bounced ideas off each other. Like, so you live with three younger siblings. Um, what helps you? And I've lived longer than you, I guess. This is what helps me. And Right. That's yeah. great. Yeah, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's good to have something you can text or whatever, and uh, yeah. when you're when you're going through a, a major trigger. Um, yeah, or it's really, it's really nice. Like if we're on a call, like if we're calling each other, and then one of us will trigger the other, and we need to like separate <laughs> ourselves. It is totally understandable to be like, "Hey, I need to go right now." <laughs> yeah, I need to leave. Awesome. I need to hang up. <laughs> right, and then right. it's just accepted. Like, okay. <laughs> I yeah, will text yeah, you. Yeah. Right. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And, and how, how old is, uh, like, how, is that, is that uh, cousin, like, younger than you, like, in high school? Yeah, she's in high school right now. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. And you're kind of helping her through that uh, or <laughs> giving her some tips. That's, that's really cool. So for, what about, like, in terms of, um, I don't know, relationships? Like, has it kind of been an issue um, or... Um. It hasn't an been an issue. It's been 
present, I guess, in past relationships. I have definitely had to mention it. Um, but I don't, I haven't really been in that many. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I was curious. Yeah, people like mention it up front, like on the first date, or or it's something that just kind of wait wait for the first trigger and see how see how it goes until then. Because it depends on what like the this. first date is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. If it's, if it's getting going food, to the movies, then I'll be like, mm. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and what about uh, so? Uh, we talked about all the sound triggers, but you know, visual triggers end up creeping up on people. Um, is that something that also you've noticed? Like um, just seeing people take the actions that trigger you? I hadn't thought of visual triggers until I started listening to this podcast. And then I started to notice a few things. Uh -huh. um, I don't remember any right off the top of my head, but I know when I will be triggered visually, I'll be like, aha, <laughs> that makes sense. And then I forget it. Right, um, right. Hopefully it doesn't they're not, too bad for you. <laughs> no, they, they don't pop up too much. So I don't have to think about them often, which is nice. So yeah, you you got through college. So you're not in college right now, are you? Or you're just you're just kind of working and trying to save up, right, to move on. I am not in college. I yeah. went to college to appease my mom, and it didn't work out. So mm. I I dropped out. So I was only there for a year, um, and now I'm just working. I'm planning on going to esthetology school to be an esthetician. Um, so that is some school that I'm going to do. Not currently, but. Yeah. In June. And and where you're working now, how is the uh how's the situation there in terms of I am very thankful for where I'm working right now. It is not my dream job by any standards, but I'm a camera operator at Dillard's, so I'm completely alone always. I don't have to <sighs> see anyone, I don't have to talk I have to talk to someone like three times a day. But besides that, <laughs> I can yeah. just listen to music or be in silence it's great <laughs> so dillard's is uh sorry i'm a rel relatively new american so it's like a, is that a department store or it is a department uh, store oh, okay okay so your camera operator is in is, do they have like a portrait studio or is it like taking pictures of merchandise in like no, a back room somewhere like almost the security end of it where oh gotcha okay shoplifting deterrence i guess yeah loss oh. prevention <laughs> Yeah, so you're 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 in this room with uh, futuristic uh, TVs everywhere, and uh... <laughs> yeah, yep. Okay, yeah. I, so that, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah, some people. I mean, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, some people. Uh, um, you know, later on in life, like they're they take like a if they're really desperate, they'll take a night shift uh, janitor job just because that's you know super alone. Nobody's there. Yeah. Nobody's in a building at night. Um, I have thought about uh, taking night shift jobs. I've been able to work with people i can mm -hmm. work around people i can work with people it's just i prefer to be alone <laughs> not have yeah, to deal with no like many of us were you're very personable like like a lot of us are but yeah it's uh if they if they trigger you and then you have to do it out of you know um a necessity because of your job it becomes uh, it could be could, could become a spiral <laughs> yeah um an added stress of not just work but also <laughs> co-workers right right um so anyone will be uh an uh, esthetician i'm gonna pronounce that wrong um th yeah that's cool um and then you um so, and you picked north carolina as a place you want to go is there's any uh i don't know if we mentioned any particular reason like uh is somebody 
people there you know or it's just like i want to start new and i can just you know pick my environment and um just kind of live in peace (laughs) (laughs) i don't know anyone in north carolina i've i went to Asheville once when i was like 11 years old for a wedding and i fell in love with it and i've tried to go back a few times and they have been disasters of trips but i still just want to go back um, so it's partially just I, for not not necessarily for me, so just for in general, or yeah, just in general. Yeah. I just yeah. want to start over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Try yeah. living no, very alone. Yeah, no, that's great. It's yeah, it's always it's exciting to you know get to redefine yourself, basically. Yeah, I feel um, like I can't move on from anything here, like other issues that I've had. Miso, mm-hmm. when I see. Um, like locations that I remember having a big trigger or people that pop up. I just, I am constantly reminded of, Hey, remember when? <laughs> oh, so you're reminded, you remember these, uh, so you're, you said your memory is kind of spotty, but these, my memory is spotty. Yeah. yeah. My, I have issues with memory. Um, but I remember locations really easily. Mm. Um, so if I walk past a place that I went and I was triggered, I will remember it forever. I won't. It's kind of sad because I don't remember oftentimes where or when or what like happy things happen, mm. but triggers, the locations of them, the event itself, I will remember forever. Gotcha. gotcha. So it's hard to move on when I'm, surrounded by them <laughs> that seems like a perfect time to get up and go to a go to, go to the next state go, yeah, yeah. Go, go somewhere um and restart yeah yeah i hope i hope that works out that's uh, we'll have to maybe get you on back to the podcast in a couple of years uh, after you've uh, settled into your uh, quiet um solo apartment <laughs> yeah <laughs> see how that's living cool. in the mountains alone <laughs> that's probably oh, yeah. so funny so you, is uh, you planning to head head to kind of a rural part of uh, North Carolina? Um, sort of in the middle. I want to yeah. live a, near Asheville, which is a smaller town, really but love. it's yeah. yeah. Um, but there's mountains and suburbs and just quiet towns right outside that I kind of want to explore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, close enough to Asheville that I can do things and work, but far enough away that it's peaceful. <laughs> yeah no that does sound great that does sound great um cool well i guess um yeah that's that's really interesting that's very yeah that's, that's very exciting i think a lot of people yeah. are probably jealous they can go and restart <laughs> somewhere it um, won't be for a while but it's the plan yeah but you know they, that's i think uh i mean this part like we were talking about before like stress really reducing stress really um yeah kind of helps your miso but if you have also have something that, that you're working towards and looking forward to if you're you're saving money for this it's like yeah you know i don't know at least for me i feel like okay i'll make a trigger today but i have a goal yeah 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 so i guess yeah we're um you know we're heading around 40 minutes or so i was wondering if yeah do you have any like um yeah anything you want to tell people who uh maybe have recently found out about miso or also in kind of a similar situation um uh, who might who might be listening um I think it's been interesting listening to past episodes because I hear people saying that when they first started noticing their miso, that it just 
got worse, which is how I definitely felt mm-hmm. until I forgot about it. And it, which is a luxury, I understand. <laughs> it's hard to forget, but it definitely does get better, even when it seems like it absolutely does not. It, take, it took me about five years to get to the point I am now with loss of effort, but it's, I don't know, just with anything in life, it gets better. This definitely gets better as you learn to deal with triggers or have different coping skills it helps. Yeah, you might get more triggers, but uh, yeah, being able to take control of situations in your environment and where you live is, is you're yeah. about to kind of like take it to the, you know, the ultimate level. That it, yeah. you know, being able to do that def- definitely helps. Actually, I was, yeah, I meant to ask you earlier if, if the uh, if that psychiatrist had any miso specific tips for you after you mentioned that you have misophonia. She did not. She um, she mentioned or she acknowledged like yes, misophonia, and then just kind of moved on. We never talked about it. Um, gotcha. So I had to figure everything out on my own, which was fine. Um, it was it was exciting, which is strange because I was able to look at a list of triggers and identify with most of them, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem great. And it's not great having a giant list of triggers, but did she give you the list of triggers? To, to... No, I okay. found them online somewhere. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It felt like I I wasn't crazy anymore. Yeah. For one of the... Hmm. My mom is one of my biggest triggers to the point where if we're sitting next to each other and she breathes a little funny, I can't be around her. So her breathing is a trigger at this point, Um, which is unfortunate for a multitude of reasons. Right. But once I found like other people that had similar things going on and I listened to this podcast and found that other people have worse triggers when it's their parents, it was a sigh of relief. Yeah. You're you're definitely, you're definitely not alone. Yeah. Well, it's great. Yeah. I'm glad that it was, it's been kind of helpful. Yeah. It's been very helpful. I, I drive for Uber Eats on the side as well. um, Yeah. Just to make extra money. And I, for about a month, I would listen listen to nothing else. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) Which, friends and like anyone else that was in the car with me during that time was like why <laughs> why do we no have to way. listen to this you had it but, on you you had it on during while you were uh oh so was it uber eats so it was just you're just delivering food or did you have i was uh, delivering food and sometimes friends would like hop in the car with me and join if i was there and i'd be like i'm not listening to music right now i'm having right, a right. moment <laughs> right yeah yeah because it was, was about like between finding a name for me so and then finding other people who had it was about a year so it mm-hmm. was okay i'm not crazy but i am alone in my crazy to i'm not alone <laughs> whoa right so right when that right when i found like this podcast and other people that were talking about in blogs it was all i did <laughs> for a bit yeah i hyper fixate yeah. on a lot of things um that's how I live most of my life is I will hyperfixate on something and then that's what I do. So I hyperfixated on misophonia 
And during that time, my friends got a lot of information. <laughs> hey, well, that's good. It's, I'm, I'm glad you're spreading that information. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's interesting. It kind of goes back to that when you were uh, counting the screws in your desk at school. You, uh, yeah. you use fixation as kind of a coping mechanism. And that's, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not It is not simultaneously uncommon. a symptom of some of my mental illness and also a coping mm-hmm. skill for some of my mm-hmm. mental illness. So whatever mm-hmm. works. Exactly. Whatever works. Well, yeah, because until we have a cure, whatever, whatever works. Uh, yeah. Or until psychiatrists actually like, uh, you know, don't <laughs> move on from. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, well, yeah, Drake, this has been great. I want, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming on. And, and this, you know, I'm glad other episodes helped you. And I know this is going to help a lot of people. So hope you definitely feel feel good about that. And uh, yeah. and good luck with it. Yeah, let's keep in keep in touch. I'd love to hear about your um well, I mean, I know it's far away, but maybe in the future we'll, we'll reconnect and do another episode and see how you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be great. Thank you, Drake. I really wish you the best and hope you can make that move to North Carolina. If you liked this episode, please leave a quick review or just hit the five stars wherever you listen. Find us on social media, Misophonia Podcast, on Instagram and Facebook, now on TikTok as well, or Misophonia Show on Twitter. You can find all the links on the website misophoniapodcast.com and you can contact me from there if you like music as always is by Moby and until next week wishing you peace and quiet